Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hard shit. I'm Jaminika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking about gaslighting with individuals from different backgrounds, identities, and life experiences. We'll talk about how the experience of psychological and emotional abuse can look different for every relationship. And like always, the focus will be on our journey to healing and finding support. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, I just want to give you a little heads up. We may be talking about some really hard things, so I want you to take heed and take care of yourself if that means stepping away from an episode, if that means taking notes and looking back at things later, please do whatever you need to do for yourself. I want to shout out our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that connects you with a personal online therapist or counselor. They have hundreds, hundreds of licensed counselors and you can connect with one within 24 hours. Cognitive therapies have been proven to be the leading, most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood trauma. I always recommend first seeking an in-person therapist, especially for crisis situations. But online therapy is also a very affordable and fabulous option. With BetterHelp, you can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like. And if it doesn't feel right, you can dump them and get a new therapist within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-app messaging, and it's available for desktop or mobile. Go to betterhelp.com queen, and that's betterhelp.com q-u-e-e-n to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. I am so excited to have one of my favorite humans. Um, I I don't want to say I forced her to be my friend, but I welcomed her aggressively to be my friend. Um, and today we have, uh, why don't you just tell us your name and your pronouns? Hi, I'm Lola and my pronouns are she and her. Yeah. So, so we met in the backwoods of West Virginia and we were trying to become more amazing sex educators. It was great. <laughs> agree <laughs> um okay so I'm just so glad you're here because like you and I have been talking for I mean we talk every day of our lives but I asked you to be on this show because you've had a very fucking long year <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> um and so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the same question I've asked everyone uh this season what is gaslighting to you Ooh. Gaslighting to me is when someone tries to tell you that what is really happening, the truth of a situation, isn't really happening. When they know full well it is happening, but they're trying to rewrite it for whatever reason. Yeah. So whether they're feeling guilty or, or they just need you to believe that whatever they're trying to convince you of, whether that's that you're a bad person or you're toxic, um, because that benefits them. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I'm like, I'm excited for all these people to hear all the things where I've been yelling. Um, (laughs) So why do you think your story or perspective needs to be heard and or shared? Oh, Um, oh, I think my story needs to be shared because I am a very confident person. I'm a very capable person. And I was gaslighted to a point of literally doubting my own sanity to a degree. Yeah. And left where I I felt like I couldn't even trust my own emotions. And to be someone who is super confident and capable and out in the world and independent and have that happen um, and have people close to me do that, I feel like other people need to know that because there was a lot of, I had a lot of shame around almost feeling like I would like, how did I let that happen? Which is just another part of the gaslighting, you know, it's just a way it carries on further. Um, And I think people need to know that sometimes people, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say don't mean it, but I, I think also people think gaslighting and they immediately think, diabolical and that people are sitting around like with schematics planning (laughs) out how they're going to do it. Yeah. And I think people also need to realize that it's sometimes a, what's the word? Um, not, Oh, I can't think of the word. Basically it's people aren't always planning to do it to you, but if it, if it starts fitting their narrative, they're going to push forward. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many different versions or different ways that gaslighting can come about. And, you know, I think it's time for the world to hear uh, what happened to you. What's going on? What's the gaslighting sitch? Give me the scoop. Give me all your business. Give me the scoop. (laughs) So last year, almost a year ago, um, my soon to be ex-husband asked for divorce. And it kind of it came a bit out of the blue because... We've been having some trouble. I mean, all relationships do. And I had on multiple occasions sat down and said, do you want a divorce? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go with this? Something has to give. And the answer was always, no, I don't want a divorce. That's not what I want. And so when it finally came out that that's what he wanted, it kind of smacked me in the face. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're polyamorous. Um, so he's had a long-term partner for about five years now. Um, and we were all a poly family and we had recently had a lot of problems and they had broken up with me, um, his partner and her husband. And so I was on the outs with them already. Uh, and he was still playing this game, um, for weeks that, you know, that was something I had to deal with with them, but that, no, he didn't want to end things with me and that we were just working through it. And then boom, you know, this is where we were. Yeah. And you had, had you asked, you had you asked him like multiple times or was just like, Hey, like I have a feeling. And he was just like, nah, nah, you're good. 
it was over time. So it was, and there were different things. So I had been getting a feeling that I was being replaced mm. and, and more in a way of like, not like, oh, this is your partner and you're spending some time and let's talk about it. I felt like I was literally being replaced and I felt that plans were being made behind my back, but amongst the three of them. Um, because sometimes I couldn't be around. I sex educator, I travel, I work a lot, I do a lot of conferences. And so it, it would give me comfort knowing he would go be with them when I was away. It was like, oh, this is the great part of polyamory is that right. when you can't be with your partner, there's other people there and you know that they'll be taken care of. Yeah. Um, and when I would say that out loud to all of them, I got called crazy. Definition time, y'all. Crazy making. Crazy making in relationships is a subtle dynamic that can leave you full of self-doubt, wondering if you might be going crazy. Crazy making is a form of emotional abuse involving things such as mind games intended to make you question yourself. It destabilizes your confidence and slowly allows the other person to gain more control over you and the relationship. Crazy making in relationships involves calling into question another person's sanity, insisting on their version of reality. Crazy makers are abusive individuals who try to convince their partners that they are defective in some way, and this way they make the victims more emotional, more needy, or dependent. His partner still is on this kick that I am, I have personality disorder, I'm bipolar, I have anger issues. Like, these are things she's written in text to me, like telling me that she knows this about me. When did she become a doctor? I don't, I don't right. remember it, her getting credentials. Exactly. She doesn't have a PhD. <laughs> um, she was a counselor. I don't think that still, you know, makes it, uh, allows you to diagnose folks. Um, it's just not a, a thing. <laughs> but, and, and it was always kind of this, they were telling me I was the problem. I was the block. It was, I was the reason I was feeling that way. Uh, I was separating myself and the reason I was separating myself because I just, I'm a, I'm empathic. I, I feel people's energy and I never felt welcome. I always felt shut out. And so words would be one, you know, people would be saying one thing and then their actions and the energy in the room would be going another way. And as much as I tried to point that out and as many times as I tried to draw boundaries around myself in a way to protect me from things, it always came back to, I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. This isn't happening. No, we're not doing that. And then the night he asked for a divorce, it came out that they had been talking about this for at least a year, planning their new life together talking about him becoming a co-parent to their children, that the three of them were going to live in a home together and co-parent and that he wanted to be monogamous and that she had been saying she wanted to be monogamous. And I was like, I don't know how that's going to work since you have a husband right, and a boyfriend. Uh-oh. I mean, you don't just get to say you're monogamous when you have two partners. That's not, that's monogamy. not how that works. Literally. No. That's the opposite of monogamy. Right. It could be a closed triad, but it's not, <laughs> it's not monogamy. Um, And to having spent all this time, like sometimes even in tears saying, I know this is a thing. And then to have somebody say it out loud and almost in a way, like, like I had never said it. Mm. 
And even now when I voice that, like, I told you I did this, it's almost like I get an eye roll or a sigh or, or I'm still being called crazy. Right. Um, even though I'm pointing out stuff that, like, like, I have receipts. This is our timeline of, like, this is, you know, I'm not making this up now. You've literally told me this is what you were doing and this was the thing that I said I knew was happening. So at what point? Am I, are you going to stop sticking with this narrative that I'm crazy and I'm making stuff up and I have an anger problem? Um, and that was, again, it's like, there's so many layers to this yeah. the gaslighting that's been happening because, you know, I'm a black woman and I, uh, everybody that I was in a relationship with was white. And so, um, throughout our relationships, it was, I have a tone when I get angry because I mean, that's duh. We all have a tone when we're angry. It's that's called an emotion. Anger. Right. Right. That's how you can tell sometimes I mean, when somebody's pissed off. Yeah. I mean, even Mary Poppins had a tone. <laughs> like it wasn't, you know. Um, and so to be told that like I needed to adjust my tone in order for people to even communicate with me. But no one else had to adjust their tone. No. Like the the literal, the last conversation I had with everyone was over was it like FaceTime and we were talking about one of the many things that had happened towards the end where she had just his partner had just been doing all this kind of underhanded sniping stuff telling things that telling me things that he should have been telling me but kind of doing it as like well if he won't do it I'm gonna do it type of thing um, regarding our relationship. And I was like, that's just not your place. Right. And she kept telling me, well, I, you gave me no choice or I had to do it that way. Or, you know, you don't get to tell me how I get to tell you business that's not mine to tell you. And it's like, okay. Um, and in that conversation, they li they literally started it out. This was supposed to be us discussing what happened. And they did decided to create a new boundary at the beginning of the conversation that they didn't like the way I spoke, they didn't like my tone, and that if I got that tone in my voice, they'd be ending the call. So basically, they were just like, we actually don't really want to hear anything from you, because if you tell us the truth, we're just going to run. It was a setup. It was a setup, out the gate. Because we're about to have a conversation about something you know it's I'm gonna angry upset about. Yeah. You know I'm angry. And as balanced as I tried to keep my voice, and that was the thing, is I'm sitting here like rightfully angry this is a fucked up situation and this was before he had asked for the divorce there's so much i'm i'm thinking like this person's trying to destroy my relationship and and my then husband is not seeing this stuff and and i'm sitting here and these people are starting a conversation like hey i'm about to shoot you in your face but if you scream i'm gonna hang up like, I'm not, you know, if you, you can't react, I'm not allowed to react. And we get to a point where she's, she's raising her voice. She's calling me names and I pop off and her husband gets up and says, this is what the, f well, I don't know. Can I curse? Yes, we curse here. <laughs> the, okay. What, this is what the fuck I'm talking about. He's like, this is what the fuck I was talking about. And he get up and he's screaming and he knocks the phone out of her hand. And you just see like a, a bunch of stuff and it goes black. 
So I was just told I can't be loud. I'm I'm abusive when I'm loud and angry. I mean, that's literally what he just gave you an example of what abusive and angry looks like his actions. Right. So mm. and he was screaming, hang up, hang up. And I'm like, so y'all are allowed to scream when you're angry and upset. Y'all are allowed to like do things like throw phones and yell and call people names but the moment i get a tone in my voice i'm abusive i'm i'm an angry black woman Mm. and they had me so twisted up because i felt like i couldn't communicate because i knew it would happen the moment i got tone yeah and i found myself defending myself all the time so i could never communicate what my issues were because it would would turn into instantly me defending my anger. So nothing ever got addressed because it was always a fight about me defending my anger and why I didn't need to fix myself. And then still being in doubt about all of that to the point where when I finally accepted that this is what was happening, I looked into therapy and like my third my therapist like after intake so it was we were chatting and trying to find me a more long-term therapist because the one I went to wasn't going to be long-term and he's like divorce is a long-term thing yeah and that's a process somebody who can write a process that you'll need support through without and I don't want to start with you and then not be able to finish with you and he was like but are there some things that you want to talk about and I said well I think I have an anger problem And he looked at me and he's like, why do you feel that? And so I explained and, you know, I'm like, you know, I get really angry and, and, you know, I I get loud and he's like, well, do you ever feel like you're getting angry about things that are silly? And I said, well, you know, I used to, when I was on birth control, but I stopped taking birth control because it made me extremely angry and out of my mind. And when I stopped, I realized like, the kind of hormonal cage I was in that I always felt like, Oh no, this is happening. But I'm like, that's not how I feel now. Like I remember that silly, trivial anger pop off and that's not at all what I'm feeling now. And he, he asked me some more questions and I'm explaining the situation and he's like, okay, so you say tone, like, are you, are you screaming? And I'm like, well, sometimes it gets there, but it's not usually there, especially not in the beginning. And he's like, okay, well, he goes, you know, wait, Hmm. can I ask you what race these people are? Damn. And I said, well, they're white. And he started to laugh and he's like, I'm not laughing at you. (laughs) He's like, I hear this so often. He's like, I've experienced this in my life because he was a, a man of color. And we had this whole conversation, not about like, oh, oh, silly white people. But he was like breaking it down, like culturally about how white people tend to be come from very passive aggressive backgrounds that uh, a lot of people don't have uh, yelling in their home when it comes to people being angry. You just do passive aggressive things, yeah. you know, and a lot of people of color come from homes where we just express our anger. We just get it out and call it a day. We get it out. Exactly. We're not in here, you know, huffing and doing little sly things and, and, you know, not really talking about what's going on. And he's like, that's not across the board, but that's like a a way to kind of see why they might look at your anger as even more heightened because it's not something they experience in their everyday life. Mm. 
And I was like, you know what? <laughs> that makes so much sense. Is that is that when you kind of like realized you were being gaslit? I realized it. I realized I had been being gaslit that night in the car when he told me that he wanted to be monogamous and that he was leaving me for her and that they had been planning it for at least a year because all the things that I had been feeling that I had been being told I was crazy. And in that moment it was like, Oh, wow. I've been doubting myself and everything, my intuition, my guts, like everything I feel. And now you tell me like it was all true. Right. And this had been at least like the last two years. That was when I knew it had been being gaslighting. I don't think I, re- I realized the depths of the gaslighting when I went to the therapist. Mm-hmm. And we started breaking it down. And when, and when I realized that I was turning to my friends, including you, to assess situations because I couldn't even trust, I didn't even know if I was allowed to be angry. I remember coming to y'all with like, hey, can y'all tell me if this is like, am I, should I be mad? Like, I, I'm so mad, but may, maybe I'm wrong for being mad. Nope. I don't know. And I remember feeling shaky yeah. and just so doubtful and... I felt like a child because I didn't know, I didn't even know my own stuff anymore. Yeah. Like it I, it was, I, I was like, if you, you know, people say teetering on the edge of insanity. I felt like that for a good solid two months where I just felt like I didn't know myself anymore. I didn't know my own mind anymore. I had to regroup and, and to go back and like, look at past situations I cried a lot because it was just these are people that I loved I trusted I thought loved me I thought wanted to take care of me and they had spent at least two years dismantling my sanity (laughs) dismantling my confidence in myself uh you know making me doubt who I am making me feel like I was a bad person yeah. Because I get angry. Which is a normal reaction to someone gaslighting you. <laughs> right. Or just the situation. It's like, yes, am I angry all the time? Sure. When there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> right. You know, I'm not, it's not like we were at a picnic and I, you know, kicked a puppy and flipped <laughs> over a picnic basket because there was no right. mustard. You know, that that's not what was happening. It was a lot of stuff. And it was and gradual. It was just, it was gradual and I was as much as I, there were moments when I was really unhappy and there was times when I was happy and it was all being boiled down to like, you're always angry. You know, I would, and I also throughout had felt like I was doing so much work on myself to not be an angry person to, you know, learn how to talk, mm-hmm. to learn how to communicate. And that was something I did need to learn. And we went when we we went to couples therapy, and I picked up some things from that. And I have awesome friends like you, where I picked up some, you know, skills. And even using those skills, and I quote, it got called, "Don't use that mumbo jumbo on me." 
That's so interesting because like I, I know you and I, you and I have been friends for years and like as like seeing you go through this process and you're like, well, we talked about this and I'm like, okay, but did you both talk about it or did you talk about it? Like it never was like it, it never was received because I mean, clearly he never wanted to receive it. Right. Right. And you're right. Like it was always me talking. It was always me talking. And then he would look at me and, and there'd be a moment where I think that maybe he heard me and then he would go, I didn't ask you for a speech. I didn't ask for a lecture. Are you done? Mm. And that happened so many times, especially towards the end. I mean, that, that even happened recently with some other crap that's happening. Yeah. I mean, you know, as we I know you keep ways. saying like the end, but I mean, it's still ongoing. Like this is a legit 2018, whatever day this is, November. Right. It's a process. We still live together. Yeah. <laughs> we, I'm sitting in the bedroom that we still share right now. What's so, that like? You know, um, it's it's been a lot. It's been. <sighs> I don't I. I'm a planner and I t- kind of do things in an order. Like everything has a PEMDAS, an order of operations. Damn straight. And I feel like, you know, life runs better if you can have that. That's just my way of being. And when this first happened, I felt like, you know, we couldn't be apart money situations. You know, this 2018, nobody has money to go live by themselves right away. Especially where you Even live. If you want to. <laughs> right. I, I'm in New York, so that's not happening. Unless I want to live in a box somewhere, <laughs> um, which I don't. <laughs> and, and in my mind, it was that we would take some time and slowly pull apart our lives and sit down, to, like, that we would work on it together. Because I had gotten to a point where I was like, okay, I'm not mad that, you know, I was never angry that he wanted a divorce. Because when we opened our marriage, that was the first thing I said. If you want a divorce, I get it. But I'm not monogamous. This is not going to happen. So you, you either want to go on this journey with me or we go on this journey to part ways. Pick, a, pick the path. So that I was never angry about that. I was angry about the gaslighting and the lying and all the, the abuse tactics and the things that just were not necessary. Mm-hmm. That was the stuff I was angry about. So... In my mind, because I was still kind of, I guess, on this, well, maybe we can do this in a in a way that would work um, and be modern, you know, and not have to be the stereotypical people getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, maybe we could take maybe the time. Cordial. to Yeah, well, just six, we were together 16 years. We were married for 10, we're still married. So we've been married for 11 years. We were together for 17 at this point. And Hmm. to me, that means we at least owe each other the time to kind of pull apart in a way that's not going to rip us apart at the seams. But I was alone in that thinking because he immediately was on the tip of, well, my girlfriend's going to be here He's and trash, I'm going to, why. I'm going to have her items in our bedroom. I'm going to make sure her nail polish is on the bookshelf right across from your bed. So you can see it. Um, her clothes are going to be here. I'm going to have her shampoo in our shower. Uh, I'm going to have her here when you're here, even though you've asked me not to do that. Um, 
she's gonna come here when you're not here and eat your food mm. and pretend like it's hers i get uh, so mad i just i'm over here i'm just getting madder <laughs> like literally every time i'm like oh i can't wait for you right. to move <laughs> but that's the stuff and it's been like are you fucking serious like and being told from literally six months into all of this that i needed to get over it that why wasn't i over this yet the gaslighting still continuing. You're like, why am I not over the process of you taking, trying to ruin my life? I don't know. Right. Or why am I not over the divorce that hasn't even happened yet? We're not divorced. No paperwork has been filed. We still live in the same house. When we file taxes, we're going to have to file jointly because we've lived together under the same roof for the whole year and shared yeah. money for the past year. And I'm supposed to be over it. And being told to get over it or being told I, you're not doing the work. That's why the you're audacity, ah! the audacity. <laughs> You've gotten excommunicated from family holidays without a word from the family. But, you know, if you were doing the work, you'd be OK. Oh, or also um, my favorite. It's your fault that you're not allowed. Because if you talk to this girlfriend who is up to no good the whole time and, and, you know, I know people are like, oh, well, why are you mad at her? I'm mad at her for her role in you things. had a relationship she played with a role her. In things. Right. She was my family. And <sighs> now I realize that the entire time she was trying to get me to she was trying to get me to divorce him by telling me how awful he was and that she felt sorry for me. And that, you know, it was too late for her because she was in love with him. But <laughs> she didn't she didn't want that for me. I despise her. Right. So like we, of course, it's been this up and down, which you've heard all of it, where it's like one moment. I'm like, maybe it's going to be fine. Things have been good. And then I'm like, so this should happen. And I've been calling it landmines because it literally feels like I'm fine. I'm walking along. I have a plan. And now my leg is gone and something some emotional thing happens and i'm just like are you fucking kidding me like even after now we're almost at a year you still can't give me the respect to like sit down and say hey so thanksgiving's coming and i know you've spent the last 16 years with my family because you don't really have a family but uh i want my girlfriend to be there so I want to tell you before anything else, like this is going to happen. Instead, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're not invited to Thanksgiving because she's going to be there. Uh, yeah, no, the family didn't message you because they asked me what I wanted. And I said, I didn't want you there like that. You know, like what? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's it's and, and then it's the well, what did you expect? I expected some fucking and, respect. Yeah. Yeah. And even and, and even now, like that cold conversation, I mean, I was like a good couple of weeks of me going, well, what did I expect? Maybe this is my fucking fault. Like, why did I expect people to be better? Hmm. Maybe I'm maybe me thinking that, you know, being in a family for 16 years means something. Yeah. Watching people's kids grow up. I know like talking, talking about like his family and, and whatnot, like what other type of relationship changes have happened? Like friends wise, family wise, because of all of this. <sighs> so the friends that were like our, our friends that people who knew him before, but we, but I met them and we've always all been friends. I, 
I haven't actively not been invited to anything, but I haven't, nobody's really reached out. Mm -hmm. Um, there was like one case of a birthday where I was told like, oh, if you can come, I won't invite her. And I was like, listen, I don't want to, I don't want to do that because I'm already being painted as this bad person. I don't want, if I tell you don't invite her, then it just fortifies this picture that they're trying to paint of me. So you do what you want to do, but I'm not telling you to do that. And I was told she wouldn't be there. And then I found out she was there and that some other people who would have been kind of support for me weren't coming. So I didn't go because I didn't want to sit there while he made out with his girlfriend. I wouldn't either. Which I found, <laughs> you know, like, and then, and I feel, and you know, I, I think some people feel awkward and I get that. But I also feel like even a little bit of like, hey, how you doing? Or um, really, if you need something and not just like, you know, you can always talk to me. And it's like, no, I don't. I don't know that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really don't know that right now. Um, I've been talking to the people who've been reaching out and I've been talking to the people who I, I know I can trust to talk to. But, you know, I haven't. There are people who I really haven't heard from. Um, or kind of like Facebook, like, oh, I miss you. We should get drinks. And it's like, okay, well, you got my number. You also know I don't drive. Um, and you live somewhere real far away. So, you know, if you want to facilitate that, that would be great. That would be great. Um, that's and, and that's I a think lot. there's, it is a lot. And then there's also been some friends who are great and wonderful and who have been super supportive and also don't want to be put in the middle. And I get that. And I've, I've not put anyone in the middle and I'm like, please invite him to things. I don't like, I'm a grown up. I can deal. I'll deal with whatever it is. And I've been accused of trying to like turn our friends against him. And I'm like, well, you were invited to things and then you, you choose not to show up. That's not me. That's you deciding you don't want to be around people because you're afraid that everybody's mad at you, which in my eyes means you feel like you did something wrong or you're feeling guilty about what you're doing. So that's just been a thing. And, and again, it's we've talked about this, too. It's like I'm taking on his emotional weight. So so with taking all of that on, um, like, what do you... I'm sorry, I get mad. I'm trying to not be as mad as I am right now so I can talk to you. <laughs> like, your mental status, like, going, like, from... So this is, like, a three-part question. So, like, what was your mental status like in the beginning versus now? And, like, if there is, like, what would... Or what is your current healing process looking like as it's still, like, really fucking fresh and still happening? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I, I felt like an open wound. I felt unsteady and soft and just fragile as fuck, which is so hard to feel when you are an independent person. Mm -hmm. And also when you kind of feel like, you know, I, I have a lot of people in my life, but not many people who are in touching physical touching range. Right. So to feel like that and not feel like I have someone I can go curl up with and say, I need, you know, I need your skin right now. 
that was really rough. Um, and I think a lot of it also, I wasn't, I was powering through like for all of the bullshit that happened this year, I've had a stellar career year. You know, I've, I've gone all across the country this year. I got a grant this year from the Effing Foundation. I like went to Canada with my show this year. It was our first international show. Um, I've spoken at colleges. I've spoken at, you know, high schools. It's been an amazing yeah, year. Yeah, you were kicking ass this year. I kicked ass. And all the while, I was falling apart. And the only thing that kept me together was work and friends and a partner who, bless his heart, <laughs> has oh, had he's the gonna love you time. mentioning that. <laughs> I know. He's going to be like, she talked about me. <laughs> oh, you talked about Uh-oh. me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, who... I have to say, like, if it wasn't for him being such a patient, loving soul, I don't know if I would have made it as far as I did this year because he was, even though I was pushing him away and, like, unconsciously, he was like, nope, I'm going to be right here. And, you know, I see you falling apart whether you want to admit it or not. And I'm here to, like, gather you up um, in whatever way I can. And I didn't even know to the depth that I was falling apart. Yeah. And that was like January, February. Now I feel a lot more sure of myself. Um, I can see the gaslighting. You know, I can see it when it's happening. Um, when I'm in the midst of it, like I have moments where there's this thing of like, it feels like the twilight zone. Like I can literally see the swirls. <laughs> And the, it's like, oh, no, it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Because and that's a real it's like almost like I get this body vibration of like, oh, he's doing it. This is happening. Oh, no. Which is helpful. But then sometimes I have to sit with it and like process it. And sometimes I still bring it to you and other folks and go like, well, let me tell you all what happened because I need to hear y'all's take on this. My take is normally um, fuck him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> which is what I think I need to hear, too. It's I need to hear that, like, this is his take on stuff and it's not necessarily the truth. Yeah. But it took a while for you to get here. And we were just waiting for you to be like, OK, you can say it now. And I was like, yes, fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, we're good. I would like to be friends. Fuck him. I'm not there. And I was yet. like, oh. And you're like, OK, you just tell me when you're ready to burn things. And I was like, <laughs> OK. <laughs> it did take me a while to get to the like you know, burn thing stage. And I didn't. And I kept like, that's been my kind of thing that I've said to him is like, you are lucky that I have gotten so much, you know, help and I've done so much work on myself because all of your things would have been on fire. It would have looked like waiting to exhale up in there. And even my little sister said that, like we were talking and she's like, I've, I've been in awe of you. Yeah this entire time because she was like, I would have cut somebody already off top. You've been (laughs) very Zen about everything and you see the long game in it and you have your, and I'm, and I think part of that was just, I, it was after feeling so fragile, I didn't want to spin off in the other direction. And I kept having these moments where during all my processing of it's going to come back 
if I play into this and I play that role of the salty, petty, I mean, I'm still petty, but in my own special way. Petty as fuck. Um, That's why we friends. <laughs> so petty. Um, but if I played the role of the salty, petty, soon to be ex-wife. It would have played into their narrative. It would have. Yeah. And, and that's not me. That's not what's happening here. And, and I, it felt like if I did that, if I spun off to that other side, it would be them winning. It would be them getting, you know, to point at me and go, look at her. She's angry. She's, you know, violent. We told look you. Look at what she did. We told you. She's crazy. She's got, you know, personality disorder. <laughs> okay. You're like, stop diagnosing me with nonsense. For real. I mean, for real, because I have friends who have those right. um, mental issues. And that's such and a disservice to people that actually have mental illness. It really is. I have a friend who has, like, personality disorder, and she was like, um does she even know how this works? <laughs> like, like, uh, no. <laughs> and yeah. And it's just, I'm thankful for being in the community, the sex ed, sex positive, body positive communities, because it just really helped me through this whole thing. Like I knew all about gaslighting, mm-hmm already and even though I knew about it and I was still going through it I don't think I I didn't really dawn on me that it was happening in a fully formed way until I was until all my thing my fears were affirmed and the truth came out but I'm thankful that I had that information because it helped me start on that process of like let me look back at all this stuff yeah wait a minute does this mean this and does this mean oh Wow. It's kind of like a puzzle. Okay. It's like a puzzle yeah. that you're putting together. It is. It really is. Whew. An ugly puzzle. I mean, it's an ugly puzzle <laughs> where I'm still trying to burn it down, but I'm trying to be, you know. I, I want to support how you want support, but still fuck him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the kind of friend I am. If you mad, we mad. If you not mad I'm anymore, mad. I'm still mad. So. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm just going to, you know. I'm going to do, it's going to be more of a universe karmic burning. I do love a good universe burn. Mm, instant yeah. karma is my favorite too. Mm-hmm. Do you, gonna <laughs> um, I know like, like all, all the things I'm, and I'm so glad we, you know, we have the squad to like process things. Um, if you could give advice to someone in your situation, like what would that look like? I would tell this person Number one, I hate when people say this, but it it will get better if you focus on you. And that was a big thing for me was focusing on me and in and, and all the little ways. Like, do I have a comfortable place to sleep? My bed is my best friend now. I totally understand your relationship with my your primary partner is my bed. Everybody knows that. I got back from vacation and I was like, I've missed you, baby. Like <laughs> you're so nice, so fluffy. And I just love you. Um, but I, you know, focusing on my own comforts and eating in all the small ways, uh, hydration, eating right for my body, like all those things that are so easy to let slide when you're going through stuff. Mm -hmm. It helped me to like say, okay, well, I don't have to worry about them anymore because they're gone. It's my time. Um, Having people who knew of him, but didn't know him 
that I could process stuff with. Mm-hmm. Be- because it's not fair to put friends who know you both in the middle of it, especially if they're like, hey, I'm trying to still be friends. And I've been very aware of that and trying not to like put people I'm like, I want to tell you what's going on and it's going to sound ugly because I don't know how to make it sound nice, but I'm not going to talk shit. I'm only going to tell you facts. As Amanda Sill says, it's not shade if it's the truth. Hello. Um, Hello. So like just kind of keeping your side of the street clean. As much as you would want to set things on fire or cut off one sleeve of every shirt or pop all the buttons. Accidentally spill bleach on everything. I mean, whatever you know, poke holes and things. You're not just helping people day, to sabotage. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Y'all don't do those things. But no, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I feel like those things, they blow back on you because had I done any of that stuff, I'm still living in the house. Yeah. That would have made my living situation even harder. And that was the thing I kept saying to people is like, those things sound great, but I live here. And if I create drama, I'm going to be in the drama. I'm not out of it yet where I can like, you know, it's not like I'm living somewhere else and I can sneak in the house and do those things and then leave. And then he might try to call me. No, I'm still here. So it's, you know, just remember to keep your side of the street clean, because at the end of the day, when people look back at the situation, they're not going to be able to say, you know, Lola did X, Y, Z. They're going to go, hmm, I remember that bitch was putting stuff on Facebook about you and you ain't say nothing. Mm. Right. Right. I didn't say anything (laughs) because I'm clearly not the one with the mental problem. (laughs) So, you know, those are those that's been kind of like my mantra Mm -hmm. is to keep my side of the street clean, focus on myself, take care of myself, um, can't because emotionally you're going to fall apart there's no way to stop that and I think you kind of need to fall apart in order to put yourself back together but you don't have to let your physical fall apart yeah and also it makes people real mad when you sparkle oh I love a shine I love a shine a glisten so you might be black on the inside but you can be covered in glitter on the outside (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for letting me have this conversation with you um, on the podcast. I mean, we have this conversation all the time. (laughs) Right. But this is great. I hope it helps. I do, too. I hope someone hears this and they're like, "Mm, I know somebody else is raggedy. And let me listen to her (laughs) advice. Not the waiting to exhale version, the the other version. (laughs) I mean, watch waiting to exhale, though, because that'll help. I did. It's It's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. before I let you go and we get to the resources, what are you working on? Plug yourself. Tell us your life. Plug myself. So I am on hiatus for right now because, you know, it's winter time. I'll be moving soon. But you can follow me on Twitter at Dirty Lola. Um, you can find out more about my show, my pet project, uh, Sex at a Go-Go at sexatagogo.com. And if you are a polyamorous person looking for a conference to go to, I will be at Southfest Love Fest in Arizona in March. Yeah. Also, social justice and titties. If you're into that, she has that. 
yes. together. Oh, also on Instagram. That's probably where you'll see most of the titties is Instagram. <laughs> no nipples, but you know, Sensation. lots of cleavage. Yeah. Uh, well, this is so good. So as promised, I have three resources and I think they, they're very fitting to this conversation that Lola and I just had. And so the first resource is relationshipabuse-recovery.com. This online resource is a group of survivors who led abusive relationships and want to help others heal from domestic violence and abuse who left not led Ooh, excuse me um and the secret of overcoming verbal abuse getting off the emotional roller coaster and regaining control of your life a book by albert ellis if you feel like you're on a runaway emotional roller coaster with your partner at their controls this book is for you it can save you le- years whew, of torment turbulent and tears and last but not least tnlr.org this online resource is available in english and spanish the network la red is a survivor-led social justice organization that works to end partner abuse and lesbian gay bisexual transgender bdsm polyamorous and queer communities and like always thank you so much for listening and supporting the show and we will check in with you later Support for Trauma Queen brought to you by BetterHelp and, of course, you. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter, just click the link in any podcast episode description to support. Support our work. We are queer. We are trans. We are Black. We are POC. We are survivors. Our recommended donation is $9.99, but you can donate for as low as $0.99 a month. And as always, I have to give a shout out to the people that make this podcast what it is. And we can all be found on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves, Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S, engineered and edited by Andy Alseri, A-N-D-Y-A-L-S-E-R-I, produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jiminika. J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A.